Welcome to Snazzy Stories. Put some pepper in thy step and lend an ear to the terrific tales of the past. Hey, welcome to Snazzy Stories. Today my story is about friendship and the will of the human spirit. Uh, human beings can be amazing when they want to, and sometimes it is really fascinating what people have to go through in their lives and how they're able to overcome it. Because oftentimes I think I look at other people um, just in my life around me, but also in history, and I think I would never have been able to do that. But I really find it awesome that some people are able to overcome things even in the face of absolutely horrific conditions. So this story is uh, about two prisoners of war during the American Civil War, and their names are Billy Bates and Dick King. Now, Billy Bates was 14 years old while Dick was 17. Now, this might seem strange, but in the American Civil War, there were many, many children that had run off to war. Uh, Their parents, a lot of them had said, no, you can't go to war, but they ended up going into the war anyway. They ran away from home, and they joined the units, and a lot of people kind of just turned their backs, and they just said, yeah, you can you can come into the war, you can come in to be a part of our unit, even if they were 12 years old. They were drummers, uh, they were musicians, and they let them do that until they got a little bit older. But there were at least about 100,000 Union soldiers that were boys under 15 years old, and about 20% of the Civil War soldiers were under 18. But some historians have actually increased that and have placed the number as high as 250,000 young boys in the war. Now, since the soldiers had to be at least 18, 18 years old to enlist, many of the boys just lied about their age to join. And as I said, some of the recruiters just kind of uh, said, yeah, you could join, and we, we don't really care, especially when the, the especially when the war really got got going, uh, people were dying off so fast that they needed more and more recruits, so they didn't seem to care. Uh, Now, these boys often, they usually served as drummer boys, musicians, messengers, nurses, and scouts for the troops. They would also sharpen tools for the surgeons as well. Also, though, in the heat of battle, many of these boys, they were put, they put their duties aside, and then they actually joined the troops in combat, and they picked up weapons, even as young as 12 years old, sometimes even younger than that. Okay, now back to our friends Billy Bates and Dick King. Now, they bounced around to multiple prisoner of war camps uh, after being captured during uh, during this war, but they ended up actually at Andersonville Prison. Now, Andersonville was known for being the worst prison during the war. It was open from February of 1864 till the end of the war in April in 1865, and in this prison, one of three prisoners died of starvation, disease, or torture. And there were about 13,000 Union soldiers who died in this camp within the short, ter- t- the short time of its existence. And Bill and Dick met at a prison camp actually in Delaware, and they ended up being chained back to back in a water hold of a ship. And that is where their friendship took root. Billy would later write that, quote, in the presence of Almighty God, we pledged that we would be absolutely true to each other and that we should that we would never be separated nor surrender our remaining rights while alive, unquote. Now, they were transferred to seven camps before reaching Andersonville, and a chaplain came to visit them before the transfer and told them, quote, you're going to the worst place in the Confederacy, but you must keep up your courage, be careful in speech, discreet in action, and constantly plan how to keep up your strength and your hope for deliverance, unquote. When they reached Andersonville, 
it was absolutely the worst place to be. And they recognized that very quickly. Now, 30,000 or 33,000 prisoners about were squashed into Andersonville prison within a year of its completion. That is three times the number that this prison was actually supposed to hold. Now, daily rations included one teaspoon of salt, three tablespoons of beans, and a half a pint of cornmeal. Starvation was definitely a harsh reality uh, at Andersonville Prison, and their water came from a dirty creek that ran through the camp. Since this was the only creek that ran through the camp, there was disease that ran rampant through Andersonville, and the only shelter that the prisoners had were holes that they dug with their own hands in the ground. The prison was actually supposed to have barracks, wooden barracks, but the price of lumber was so high that that delayed the construction of the wooden barracks. Now, upon arrival, prisoners were searched uh, and anything of value was confiscated. However, Billy was able to hide a pocket knife in the hem of his pants. And luckily, the guards didn't search them like, like the airport security does today. And that is actually going to become very helpful later on to have a pocket knife with, with these two boys' stories. The two boys proved to be a great help to many of the prisoners in multiple ways. They made out a point to greet each new prisoner who were assigned to their unit. When other prisoners had given up hope, all hope of survival, uh, Billy and Dick would pick fights with them just so that they would fight back and maybe give them a reason to keep living. Many prisoners, including Billy and Dick, began digging a secret tunnel under the stockade fence for them to escape. Unfortunately, one of the prisoners told a guard and their hopes of escaping were dashed to pieces. Billy and Dick were questioned, but refused to give up any names. For such a crime, their rations were cut. Because of these two boys' positive attitude and their participation in the escape tunnel, they were singled out by the camp's commander, Captain Henry Wirtz. Unfortunately for the camp prisoners, particularly Billy and Dick, Wirtz had a very violent temper and was keeping his eye on them. He put both of them on the chain gang to straighten out their attitude, but they still remained positive, which became increasingly irritating to Captain Wirtz. He was hoping that he could break every prisoner because he had in so many other places that he had that he had been. He was actually uh, in charge of many prisoner war camps, and then when Andersonville was built, he was assigned there as well. He took Billy off the chain gang and had him hung up by his thumb so all the prisoners could see him. He wanted to make an example out of Billy. Billy described his torture as, quote, My flesh was cut to the bone by my weight. My tongue swelled, my head thronged almost to bursting, unquote. Another prisoner attempted to give Billy some water when Captain Wirtz saw the helpful prisoner and shot him five times. Billy screamed at Wirtz, quote, You dare not shoot me? I shall see you hang before I die, unquote. Wirtz's reaction to Billy's threat was two shots to Billy's leg. Wirtz's own men had to calm him down and drag him away. While the guards were dealing with Wirtz's temper tantrum, a prisoner cut Billy down. Once Dick was released from the chain gang, he nursed Billy back to help. Wirtz spotted Billy again and yelled to him, I thought I killed you. Billy yelled back and Wirtz shot him in the side. Again, Wirtz's men had to step in to calm him down. Captain Wirtz demanded that Billy take an oath of allegiance to the Confederacy. Billy replied, I'll die in prison first. And remember, Billy is only 14 years old. It is quite amazing that these two uh, had such spirits when they were so young, and they were able to keep up the spirits of all of the other prisoners. Now, the two boys decided that they needed to get out of this godforsaken place, so they, just, so they made a plan to dig their own tunnel. But this information was only between the two of them. They kept it a secret. They began to dig at night from their, from 
their holes in the ground to the fence. It was a distance of 59 feet. Their tools were Billy's pocket knife, which came in obviously very handy, as I said before, and two small scraps of iron. After months of what seemed like endless digging, they had reached the stockade fence. They dug under it, then went back to tell the prisoners that they, most, that they trusted the most, thus helping them escape too. In the spring of 1864, Billy and Dick used their tunnel to escape. The next three weeks, they traveled by night. They lived on plants and berries to survive. Bloodhounds were sent to hunt them down, but they hid in a hollow log in a swamp to throw the dogs off their trail. And it worked. A slave family was kind enough to hide them in their cabin for a few days. Four weeks after their escape, they reached the Union line. A few weeks after that, they were sent to Washington, D.C. To, to see Abraham Lincoln, the President of the United States. They told President Lincoln their story. Honest Abe was stunned when he saw them. Billy was now 16 and weighed a little less than 60 pounds. Dick was now 19 and he weighed 64 pounds. After they told the President their story, he responded, quote, when will this accursed thing end? Unquote. Billy and Dick were sent home to their parents. However, 11 weeks later, Billy re-enlisted. Billy and Dick promised each other that they would continue to tell their story. And Billy did all around the country until 1909 when he died. Billy also kept his promise to Captain Wirtz. After the war, the captain was charged with war crimes. Wirtz was charged with murder and conspiracy to injure the health and lives of Union soldiers. His trial began in August of 1865 and ran for two months. During the trial, when more than 100 witnesses were to called to testify, Billy was one of them. Wirtz was found guilty and hanged on November 10, 1865. He was one of the few ever executed for war crimes during the war. He said to the officer in charge at his execution, quote, I know what orders are, Major. I am being hanged for obeying them, unquote. Now, I love this story because it gives us a sense of the human spirit, but also it gives us an idea of what life was like during the war for young, for kids. Uh, these kids were willing to run away from their homes to be a part of something greater than themselves, which seems crazy sometimes when we think of teenagers today, but we live in a completely different time. But even, it, but even then... Um, what, what these two boys went through and their friendship that they continued throughout this horrific event, and maybe that's why they were able to get through is because they had each other. They had someone to talk to. They had someone to keep them going, and their spirits were never dampened, even when Billy was being hung by his thumbs. And he reenlisted. He went back to the war after. Uh, but the human spirit is quite amazing, and especially for these kids. When we look at uh, kids today, obviously, as I said, it doesn't seem like that they would just run off to war now even then though during the civil war uh these young boys they had a very romanticized uh, vision of what war would be like which i would say that a lot of teenagers probably today do as well they have that same idea uh and even when they were these young boys were in the civil war and they ran away from their homes they joined these units they had a hard time some of them because they didn't want to fight on the terms of their commanders they had a hard time taking orders they had a very romanticized version of what the war should be like and so they wanted to fight on their own terms so that was definitely an issue going into the war for these young boys along with obviously many other ones but with these two particular boys being caught in such a horrible situation that they were put in and keeping other adults their spirits alive and their hope alive for getting out, that is an amazing feat. Come back again to Snazzy Stories, where everyone has a story.